0: Time now for the first half of your evening news here on KCIM. This is Abby Ward reporting. During a workshop meeting last Monday, the Carroll Community School District approved the staffing plan for the school year 2024-25. The district will be shifting teachers around to meet the demand of class sizes, but will also be adding one additional teacher and administrator to the staffing list. Superintendent Dr. Casey Brulow says he advocates for both positions, even with a tight budget and the uncertainty of the teacher salary increase proposal from Governor Kim Reynolds.
1: EL, you can see I went from 1 to 2. Our EL numbers, it's not on a sharp incline up, but it is on an incline up. Each year we add the students. Daniel's load is getting fuller. I see that trend continuing. Director of Special Education, we have that with a principal position this year. Instead making that full-time, calling it a director of student services, so it would be more than just special education. It would also be at-risk, ELL, <coughs> 504s, TAG, kind of those special populations. This person would be full-time in charge of all those things.
0: Burlow proposed adding the responsibilities of the director of teaching and learning as a part-time position for the Adams principal. Currently, the CCSD has Adams Principal Amy Collison serving part-time as the Director of Special Education. Collison agrees that the Director of Student Services, which will spearhead the Special Education Department, needs to be a full-time position to serve the needs of the students better, and the director, Director of Learning and Teaching can fit well with the Principal position.
1: Absolutely, it would be possible. I would say that the director of student services as a full-time position is more necessary for our district. As you look at what's coming out of the state house, you look at student needs and really working toward those student populations that need that full-time person that can put that hat on all day long and really fight for those kids. The director of teaching and learning is something that would work well within that half-time principal position. And it is. It's absolutely
0: doable. Board members discussed the declining enrollment seen by the district and a tight budget for the next school year. Board member Dwayne Horsley says despite those factors, there is still a great need for the director of student services position. Your enrollment
1: for this position hasn't declined Right, no, it's, in, it it's increased. Yeah. So yeah. that's how I see the need on this. like, yes, the overall enrollment's gone down, but the enrollment for kids that are needing that service is increased, and that's, that to me yeah. facilitates the need, and we need to address that.
0: With adding the additional teacher and admin to the district approved, the CCSD will post to advertise the positions and hopefully to have the new candidate hired by finalizing of the fiscal year 2025 budget. Iowa schools are encouraged to apply for the Lieutenant Governor's STEM Education Scholarship Program to assist with funding projects, curriculum, and equipment related to the STEM field. The National Lieutenant Governor's Association program has provided STEM education for over 1,000 K-12 through students across 15 states since the scholarship start in 2022. This award, is sponsored by American College Testing, will support up to $1,000 for eight schools and $500 for four schools nationally to encourage students to become critical thinkers, team builders, and prepare them for jobs of the future. All private, public, and tribal schools are ineligible as long as the funding will be used to support STEM-related activities. Applications are currently being accepted until March 15th, and those interested in applying need to fill out an application at nlga.awardsplatform.com. A link with additional steps for applying and the application link have been included with this story on CarolBroadcasting.com. Carroll County Iowa State Extension and Outreach is holding a Stay Independent, a healthy age series program for community members aged 60 years and older at the Manning Public Library on Monday, February 12th. Rene Swears will serve as the instructor, giving suggestions and tips for healthy habits to support healthy aging brains. The class will explore the MIND diet, which stands for Mediterranean-Intervention for Neurodegenerative Delay, a diet specifically planned to improve cognitive function. The program will offer a food list with recipes for those interested in engaging in the MIND diet. Other topics will include the importance of social connection and how to exercise the mind and body in a healthy and safe way. The Brain Health class is free, but registration is required. To register, contact Linda Mulbauer by calling 712-655-2260 or email library at manning.ia.com. Again, Stay Independent, a healthy aging series, will present their Brain Health class on Monday at the Manning Public Library from 2.30 to 3.30 p.m. Senator Chuck Grassley released a statement Wednesday explaining his decision to oppose the Senate negotiated border deal which had been in the works between Senate leaderships behind the scenes for months. Grassley acknowledged the efforts of his colleagues in negotiations, but criticized the resulting deal for its failure to address the border crisis he says is caused by President Biden's open border policies. He says gaping loopholes, poor border enforcement mechanisms, and a lack of accountability measures makes this legislation woefully inadequate. Ultimately, the bill would yield massive discretionary power on border policy to President Biden and his administration. I will not vote to advance a bill that would codify ineffective policies and give President Biden more power to abuse what he has already so badly broken. The now-dead deal also included additional funding for Ukraine, Israel, and Taiwan wholly unrelated to the border. Grassley believes that each aspect of the bill deserves to be considered independently and says the ongoing challenges to Israel, Ukraine, and Taiwan remain concerning. I hope to see Congress find an alternative solution to address these nations' national security threats soon. The Senate failed to generate enough support for the legislation to bring it to a formal vote. Even had it advanced through the Senate, House Speaker Mike Johnson had already indicated the bill would not make it to the floor for debate. Iowa Secretary of Agriculture Mike Nag is urging eligible farm owners for the state to apply for recognition through the Iowa Department of Agriculture and Land Stewardship Century and Heritage Farm Program. Established in corroboration with the Iowa Farm Bureau Federation, the program honors families who have owned their farms for 100 and 150 years respectively. To be considered for recognition in 2024, completed applicants must be postmarked and received by IDALS by June 1st. The ceremonies honoring the 2024 Century and Heritage Family Farms are scheduled for August 15th in the Livestock Pavilion at the Iowa State Fair. Secretary Nag emphasized that these farm families represent the atomy of Iowa agriculture's ingenuity, strength, and resilience. Application forms can be downloaded from the department's website or requested from the Farm Program Coordinator, Kelly Reese. Contact details are included with the story on our website. The Century Farm Program, now in its 48th year, has recognized over 21,000 farms since its inception in 1976. And the Heritage Farm Program in its 18th year has honored more than 1,800 farms since 2006. And that has been your first half of your evening news here on KCIM. We will be back for more after these messages. Stay tuned. Hi, this is Chloe Dankert. And for the past two years, I have had the privilege of working in the marketing department here at Carol Broadcasting. It has been so rewarding and has given me a real sense of accomplishment as I reached my goals. But things in my life have changed as my husband and I welcomed a baby girl in 2022. With my responsibilities and schedule as a mom, It made more sense to move to a new position with Carol Broadcasting. As excited as I am to get started in my new role, I want to let you know that Carol Broadcasting will be looking for our next member of our marketing team. If you're outgoing, love meeting and helping people, and using your creativity to make their businesses a success, then Carol Broadcasting is the perfect place for you to call home. Apply today by sending your resume to Kim Hackett, our general manager, at kim at carolbroadcasting.com. Carol Broadcasting is an equal opportunity employer.
1: Listen every Saturday and Sunday morning at 7.50 for Crusader's Corner. We'll be talking to teachers and students about what they're doing and learning every week. Crusader's Corner, proudly brought to you by Poet Bioprocessing of Coon Rapids, one of the most efficient ethanol production facilities in the United States. Go
0: Crusaders! Time now for the second half of your evening news here on KCIM. This is Abby Ward reporting. Before we get into a look at the stories, let's take a look at a quick weather forecast with some weather facts. So tonight we're looking at mostly cloudy skies and gradually becoming mostly clear with a low around 32, breezy with wind gusts as high as 28 miles per hour. Tomorrow, mostly sunny skies with a high near 44. The winds are going to continue with gusts as high as 18 miles per hour. Friday night we're looking at partly cloudy skies with a low around 27 and the winds will die down by Friday night. Saturday, sunny with a high near 41, and Saturday night's gonna be mostly cloudy with a low around 24 degrees. Yesterday's high was fifty eight degrees set at two PM and yesterday's low was forty one degrees set at seven AM. Sunrise tomorrow will be at seven twenty four AM. Back in nineteen oh one we had six and a half inches of snow. Thank goodness we don't have that right now. And record high was sixty degrees set back in nineteen fifty four, and record low was negative twenty five set back in eighteen ninety-nine. I am certainly glad that we are setting close to the record of for the record high instead of for the record low i will keep these temperatures and now let's take a look at your evening news several members of the carroll city council are requesting more information from the carroll county growth partnership before they agree to a hundred and two thousand dollar funding request from the organization for fiscal year 2025 CCGP is seeking a nearly $20,000 increase from fiscal year 24 to support new programs and initiatives such as Hub 712 and revitalize Carroll, Carroll County, and the surrounding area's economy. In 2020, the city provided additional funding to the Carroll Area Development Corporation, now CCGP, to help fund a three-year contract with the retail coach to recruit and retain businesses within the community and for an additional CCGP staff member. During a budget work session on Monday at Monday's e- on Monday evening at large, Councilwoman JJ Shrek asked City Manager Aaron Quaker why Carroll pays significantly more than other community in the county. What do the individual towns that utilize this position put into it? I think we were told nothing. Yeah. Zero. So
1: they, they pay memberships, but they don't expect nearly as much out of it
0: as But they, they benefit do. from it. They do yeah. on the on the city but of Carroll dime.
1: The county pays in, so that's kind Mom. of the county's, that's some of their that's the small-town argument. They understand that we get more of a priority than they do when it comes to something like this.
0: In fiscal year 24, the city of Carroll contributed $82,000 to CCGP, while Carroll County contributed $82,400. Ward 3 Councilman Kyle Bauer says some of his hesitation comes from what he sees as a need for more communication between the council, the chamber, and CCGP.
1: My frustration is when I'm on the street and somebody comes up and says, well, that got shut down before it even made it anywhere. And it's typically... We hear about an after the fact. I feel like sometimes we get left out as council people. I've been a true believer of if there's a deal that's there or close to being there, we should know about it to try to make something come together.
0: Quaker says the council is made aware of potential agreements as soon as possible in almost every case. Often, the council hasn't discussed them in a meeting setting as they have not yet been formally finalized. He says the ones that don't make it to the council chambers ask too much of the city.
1: When I have the opportunity, I bring them to you. Some of the folks that are out there talking, we probably shut them down And it hasn't happened since I've been here. But I'm going to guess some of the times they get shut down is because they're asking for something that just won't work. And then they're upset. And then they start talking about how I should have got this or I should have got that. And there was never a reason to bring it to you. But you guys probably don't get that same story that we did because we just, that wasn't something that we were bringing to you because there wasn't any reason to bring it to you to have any discussion about.
0: Ward 2 Councilman Jason Atherton says economic development is obviously a priority, but there needs to be a return on investment for taxpayers. What we assume, though, is that $102,000, we should be getting maybe more back. I guess that's where I don't. A a membership, I think, is $500. I'm paying $102,000, I guess, is. Where I'm at, like, I mean, I don't think the math is equating to us as far as where we're ending up. At last night's budget session, Quaker presented data from peer communities throughout the state that shows Carroll is very near the median annual contribution from cities for economic development programming. During an interview on KCIM Wednesday morning, CCGP Executive Director Kimberly Tiefenthaler, who joined the organization near the end of 2021, says she is aware of past challenges between the city, chamber, and CCGP, and has been actively working to improve those relations over the last two years.
1: From just conversations that I've had about the past, and and I've had a lot of good conversations with prior directors and board members, I think we're positioned better than we have been maybe ever and certainly in a long time for the chamber and the city to
0: work closely together and to execute this and to do it well. She points to 2023 as proof. Tiefenthaler and Quaker see their momentum as just a starting point. From the downtown assessment to the pending launch of Hub 712, including accompanying a $250,000 grant to fund a significant portion of the project, CCGP has had a banner year in 2023. The council did not take action on the economic development line item during Wednesday's work session, but it is likely to be discussed further during the council's Monday, February 12th meeting. Fuel prices moderately decreased over the past week, according to the latest report from the Iowa Department of Agriculture and AAA Iowa. As of Wednesday, February 7th, the average price for a gallon of regular unleaded gasoline was $2.83, down $0.04 from last week prices and $0.47 below the average from a year ago. The national average went the other direction, rising $0.01 to $3.15. Iowa retail diesel prices slid $0.03 to a statewide average of $3.54, compared to the $4.22 per gallon from last year. The national average remains $0.40 above Iowa's prices at $3.94. Wholesale ethanol was unchanged from $2.16 per gallon. As of heating fuels, propane prices decreased by $0.01 to $1.59 per gallon, Home heating oil dropped $0.03 to $2.97 per gallon, and natural gas prices at Henry Hub reporting site decreased by $0.15 to $1.97 per MMBTU. And that has been a look at your evening news here on KCIM. This has been Abby Ward reporting. Have a great evening.